Welcome to REIP Insights, a podcast that brings you the latest update on what is happening in the real estate market across Australia, as well as conversations with dynamic leaders sharing their insights and knowledge. They say leadership is lonely. However, it also requires enormous courage, resilience and bravery. In this leadership podcast, we bring you conversations with dynamic, successful leaders who are walking the leadership path. They share their stories, habits, and what drives them to be better leaders. This podcast is brought to you by REIP. We are a collective of industry leaders committed to empowering our industry and our clients. Our guest today is James Bell, who has recently been appointed as the CEO for Century 21. James started his career as a receptionist in his family business, something you don't actually hear that often. He has worked across all parts of our industry. He joined C21 six months ago, essentially a trial run for the role he has today. He shares with us his leadership journey and his aspirations for Century 21 under his leadership. Please enjoy our conversation with James. Now, James has recently been appointed as CEO for Century 21 for Australia and New Zealand. Um, Century 21 has over 4,500 offices globally, making it one of the uh, largest global organisations. Um, welcome, James, and congratulations on your appointment. Thank you very much, Sadner, and it's, uh, it's great to be here with you. Are you excited? Nervous? How are you feeling? Oh, look, I'm excited. I try not to get nervous. I think, um, yeah, for me, if you're nervous, you're excited at the same time. So I try and concentrate on the uh, the fact that uh, Charles has uh, trusted me with his uh, his baby and uh, we move forward and we make a difference yeah. and we make change. Yeah, good. Now, I want to get stuck into, you know, what you're going to do in, in, in the next um, few years, et cetera. But I want to, I guess, um, have our listeners hear about your a little bit of what you've done in the past leading up to this role you've been in the industry for over 20 years you're a, a dad to four children um so so give us a give us a story about james james up to now yeah look i got involved in real estate fairly quickly after school my parents were both uh, in real estate we had a business uh, on the south side of brisbane um it was never my intention to go into real estate it was actually not my father's intention for me to go into real estate. In fact, he wanted me to do anything but uh, go into real estate. And so I actually started uh, university studying law. Right. Um, and, and the funny story, and not that I'd ever admit this with my father, he's passed now, but uh, so I can speak about it openly, is that I actually forgot to tick a couple of boxes to make sure I was enrolled for year two uh, at, at law school. So I've arrived day one and, and my name's not down there to pick my chips. Um, so I've actually gone home that night and I said to dad, I said, look, I don't think I really want to do law. Yeah, would you have anything to do if I joined the family business? And he said, oh, well, look, at least you've given it a go. Um, I just didn't want to admit to him. And fast forward 20 years and, and we're here, uh, which, is, uh, which is wonderful. But yeah, never planned to get into uh, the world of real estate. And you never told him that you just kind of forgot to tick those boxes, I assume, either. <laughs> Never told him, no, no, but we're all good now. <laughs> That's good. That's um, good. So from there, I joined the business. Um, and I, I started as receptionist, um, worked my way through, did some you know, inspections, routines, inspections, property management, property manager, uh, assisted across a, a salesperson in our business, uh, went into a sales role uh, probably you know, sort of three to four years after I started in the business, I uh, took on the sales management role. Uh, and then my, my parents went through a fairly nasty uh, separation at the time. 
Um, and for me, um, I all of a sudden became a logical purchaser for the business. Right. And once again, it was never my intention at that time to purchase the business. Yeah. And, and that was at the time that Sarah and I had just met one another. Um, and, and so making a big decision uh, to purchase the, the business and that that was going to set our course for, for many years to come. Once again, it was never, never my intention, but we moved forward um, and, you know, developed a, a really successful business as a team. Um, you know, I concentrated pretty much on the sales side of the operation and, and Sarah was very much the strategic leader of our business um, you know, making the, the, the decisions in the background that enabled us to grow at scale um, and, and, you know, grow a platform for our team and become, a, I suppose, a hub for from a recruitment point of view. Um, so, you know, we certainly learned a lot during that time that we've been able to, you know, sort of move forward into, uh, you know, my current role where I'm able to assist other organisations mm. as well. What I love is you've literally moved through every role in real estate, starting at the reception desk and then yeah. working your way through. Not many of us in the industry have actually had the um, advantage of doing that. And it is advantage because it means that you can actually talk um, to every every job in, in the organisation and really understand what that person who's in that job currently is potentially going through. Correct. And, and, you know, some of the advice I, I sometimes give some principles as I've done some consultancy across Australia as well is to uh, spend a day in the seat of your property manager, go do some routines and see what they're up against on a daily basis on the front line. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, with that knowledge, you can then make the appropriate decisions, which you know, delivers a platform for a business to move forward on. Mm -hmm. Now, you joined uh, C21 only six months ago and have now been announced as a new CEO. So tell me, was this a bit of a trial run for you and Charles to see whether, you know, bringing you on board to see whether you liked him, the brand, he liked you, what you brought to the table before you evolved into this current role? Sure. I mean, look, it's obviously a big decision to appoint someone to, to, to head up your brand. Um, you know, Charles has owned this, this business now for 25 years uh, and, and has run it very successfully and grown the business over those 25 years. So in order to, I guess, put someone else in that role, uh, yes, you know, we had to be uh, very comfortable with one another. And as much as Charles had to be comfortable with me, I, I understand that I had to be comfortable um, with, with Charles and, and the Century 21 brand. Um, you know, I'd obviously look from afar, you know, who've been in the industry for 20 years uh, and working across many brands, um, you know, had some knowledge of the, of the, the operation. Um, but that six-month runway allowed, allowed me to, to get out and speak to our franchise owners, um, you know, really develop some uh, core, um, I suppose, attitudes within our, our corporate team. Um, so that, um, you know, A, we, we were comfortable to move forward. The plan always was for 2021 to, uh, to make the decision and move forward one way or the other. Uh, and, and fortuitously for both of us, it was um, the decision to move forward and, and accept the role. And, and, and Charles and I are both very happy. I, I like that recruitment style, James, because it really allows both of you to assess whether this is the right move for both of you to do. Uh, and yes, there's a risk from your end and, and both both parties in in terms of it didn't work out. Well, you know, you'd be stepping away or, or whatever the decision was going to be made. But isn't it interesting in leadership roles, we quite often don't do that. And maybe for those executive leadership roles, and it may not be six months, but certainly a, a short trial prep period like that to see whether you like each other, the brand, the values, the culture, the impact you're going to have is, is not a bad thing to do. And look, I think, Sadler, there's got to be alignment as well. 
um, you know, the way I think, the way I feel. Um, I very much come from a high performance background and that's, um, that's the way I've run my businesses. It's the way I've been involved in other operations. Um, so to know that I can deliver that uh, across our corporate team is a very important factor for me. Mm. Um, you know, I was, I was doing a franchise presentation the other day and one of the most important things I said to the prospects was, um, as much as you have to feel aligned with us, we have to feel aligned with you. Um, otherwise, you're just grabbing a name above the door and it's going to feel like we're, we're pushing against each other all the time. Uh, it was also very important to Charles, for me anyway, that Charles and I weren't the same people. Yes. Um, there's, there's no point having two people at the, at the, uh, at the, the top of an organisation who agree all the time. Um, I think there's some, some huge positives to some robust discussions and, and having different thought patterns and different thoughts around why we should move this way. Um, and, and that's, that's um, a situation that comes from trust and, and trust takes time. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that Charles and I have developed and, and, and the team and I have developed over the last six months is a, is a level of trust where we can openly discuss ideas uh, without the, um, the fear of it being a personal attack. Mm. Um, you know, we, we can attack ideas as a team now uh, and make correct decisions. Yeah, I love that. So what, do you, what does your next 100 days look like now, at, now that you're officially the CEO and, and you wow. can go out there and, and start, <laughs> you know, you've had six months to think about it, though. So. Well, I have had six months <laughs> to think about it, haven't I? Um, look, uh, I suppose uh, borders permitting and restrictions allowing, um, there, there's obviously going to be a lot of, um, you know, travel meeting um, you know, people in greater depth over the, the next uh, three months. We've got all of our annual awards coming up, so it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to, to get out. Uh, but I started a couple of initiatives within the organisation uh, towards the end of last year about the way we're going to have our tech stack moving forward mm -hmm. um, you know the, the the tech world is such an important you know part of the uh, the ecosystem that we as a, a network have to deliver uh, so that was certainly at the top of my list um, is what are we doing as an organization we've got some really key integrations uh, that we're bringing into the network over the next four weeks uh, so having them rolled out and adopted into the um, uh, I suppose our network is is first and foremost um, you know but once again I spent that six months working with our team in a collaborative approach to get a really clear understanding uh, where they were looking to take their, their operations, which enabled us as a brand to look at our platform again um, and, and deliver on those key areas. Mm. I want to touch on COVID and, 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 I, and I do want to come back to, you know, what are you doing around the text, uh, tech stack or, or leadership, et cetera. But I want to flick to a little bit about COVID because you sort of had six months in the brand, which were the last six months of COVID and leading into this year. What were your key learnings um, within your brand uh, around COVID? I think as we looked across our offices um, and their performance uh, last year, there was a really key indicator that came out of it. Uh, those offices, and I think this would be across any, any organisation, uh, those offices had structured procedures and process. Um, COVID didn't affect them. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, Victoria was probably a different situation, as you would, would know. Um, but even then, we've had some of our Victorian officers have absolutely sensational years. Um, you know, for, for, as, a, as a brand, and if I can speak about our, our organisation in a bit of a selfish way for a little while, um, the, the number of people who reached our top uh, individual category in our awards process increased by 17% during great. COVID. Yeah, um, that's great. You know, the, the, the revenue... 
across our businesses from 2019 to 2020 actually increased um, across Australia. So um, we we started very early in COVID in, in a uh, almost a daily connect with our, our offices. Um, we got talent from the industry to come in and, and, and work with our, our teams, uh, of course, via a webinar. Um, but we wanted to make sure first and foremost that our, our network felt connected to us and we felt connected to them mm. uh, because there are a lot of people going through some pretty uncertain times uh, at the start of COVID and just knowing that they had that support and that's why you become part of a franchise. You want to feel like you belong and that you've got someone behind you, you know, cheering you on from the sidelines and and, and their success is your success and that, that level of support. So that was a key uh, thing we wanted to deliver first and mm. foremost. Um, and as we looked at the talent that we brought in, uh, it was very much about that system structures processes. Um, so we saw our, our, our teams develop some really core skill sets around that. And um, you know, we, we really saw that jump towards the back end of the year because what we know in our industry, and you've been in it for a long time as well, uh, is what we do today is reflected in three to six months time. Mm. Um, so what we saw at the back end of our year um, was, was not only you know, some good results, but actually a fairly obvious increase across the majority of our business. Mm. Um, 2021 has started well. We, we had a real key focus on building depth of relationship with our clients. Uh, and it was, a, it was a theme that I, I drilled into our service team, uh, which then sort of filtered down to our offices. Uh, because what they did in that last quarter of this year, or last year, is what would deliver the first quarter this year. Um, and, and already in the month of January, we're up 34% in listings um, and, and February as well, we can track it and it's starting very well. So um, that key focus of process, procedures, systems, building relationships, um, I don't think whether it matters whether it's 2021 or whether it's 2031, it's going to be pretty key. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing leaders today? Um, I think like any anything, relevancy, um, you know, we touched on uh, before we, we, we came online around the, all the different models that are out there now, um, you know, what's, what's getting cut through to, to the audience, how are we supporting our organisation? We, organisations, we've got two really clear philosophies at C21, uh, and the first one is to deliver more leads of buyers, sellers and landlords and to become the agency of choice for salespeople. And that was something that I brought in very early on in that first six months. And then every decision we make as an organisation now has to be underpinned by one of those two, mm. preferably both. Uh, but if not, number one, uh, number two has to be underpinned um, because that's our job as a franchise organisation uh, is to deliver those leads um, and to be very um, prominent in the industry uh, as a recruitment tool for our officers. Mm. Do you, do you think, in touching on that, do you think that franchising is going to change? I mean, we talked earlier about how there are a number of new models on the marketplace. There's a lot of challenges out there from a whole range of arenas. Do you think it's going to have an impact on how we've done franchising to date? Look, uh, Sandra, I think there's one thing that um, I look at C21 and one of the biggest benefits we have and a number of franchise groups across Australia have is that we are still very much consumer-based. 
uh, meaning the consumer is very well aware of the brands. Um, and I know there's a lot of startups uh, in that space at the moment. Uh, and the challenge they have, and, and I've spoken to a number of people who have joined and maybe left, and the, the challenge that they faced is to get the brand recognised and acknowledged. Mm. Um, you know, whereas I, I know with, with um, you know, C21 as an example, we've been on TV and print media consistently for 25 years. Um, that is something that is is, is um, very much a consumer-facing organisation. Um, you know, if you go out, uh, I suppose, as, as someone who was an independent, and, and Sarah and I had an independent business, um, but we had many dark night of the soul conversations about, you know, shifting across, and we were in a position where um, we didn't have a lot of options uh, as to who we were going to. All the brands were sort of taken up in our area. Yeah. Uh, but we certainly were, um, you know, at many times in our careers looking to make that step because what we knew is that the power of the consumer facing aspect is something that we couldn't replicate with a budget. Mm. Uh, you know, we could do a great job, you know, um, with the, the resources that we had, and we, we certainly did. Uh, but there's something about belonging to something that's national, has national currency, and is very much consumer-facing. And I think that's where um, the, the, the franchising model, while it might go through a couple of peaks in the trough, I actually think those that continue to focus on the branding aspect of their operation will come through uh, any ups and downs 100% fine. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk about um, the new normal and, you know, it's uh, become part of our vocabulary. How do you think it's going to play out for us in real estate? Look, I suppose it, it's um, what, what new normal is, is, is different for everyone. Um, for me, I just see this as a, as a, as a real estate market. Um, and, and as we know in our industry, whether the market's a buyer's market, a seller's market, whatever market it is, there's still some key fundamentals you need to concentrate on. And that's the depth of the relationship you build with, build within your communities. Mm. Um, and, you know, in my 20 years, we've seen some completely different markets. Um, you know, the markets that were meant to be tougher in, in the GFC and you know, the Royal Commission, I remember the GFC for our business was the most profitable we have ever been yeah, yeah. Um, because we had those processes, structures and things like that. So um, new, new normal for good businesses uh, that understand that. I don't, I don't think, I think for them it is just normal, you know, and, and, and others are probably going to have to adapt to um, understand that, you know, that it, it is that, that mm. depth of the relationship that you build and, and the processes and structures that you mm. play. Um, do you think things like, um, you know, the new hybrid models or whether we work from home, work from the office or do 50-50 of, of one or the other, can you see that coming in as some of the long-term changes that we might have to consider? Um, look, I've always maintained, Sadhana, that um, the good salespeople spend very little time in an office anyway. Um, and, and so if anything, COVID may have sped that along, um, you know, the, the realisation that you don't have to sit in a... In a in a desk all the time um, in order to, I mean, it's important. I think there's a culture aspect to, mm. to having an office and being part of a team. Um, but in, in essence, we know that salespeople, especially salespeople, uh, make their their income and their, their livelihoods from being face-to-face, belly-to-belly. Um, 
And so the, the, the more you can create that scenario, if you're a business owner, the more you can deliver that platform to your team, uh, I, I think moving forward, the more successful your operation will be. Um, you know, property management, we've got some of our offices that are running an A, B system, uh, meaning that, you know, for, for one week, you've got team A in uh, and team B work from home. The next week, team B are in and team A. And that, they're doing that from, a, I suppose, a safety point of view. And yeah. if someone does happen to... Uh, contract the, the, the COVID uh, virus, that um, operation just does not cease um, because what they've also learned is that while working from home is doable, um, is it 100% ideal? Probably not. Mm. Um, but, you know, but I think there's that hybrid at the moment that people are testing. As an organisation, I know we are, um, irrespective of what restrictions are um, you know, coming forward, we actually made a decision to support the team to give everyone the ability to have a day at home a week um, and work from home if they wanted to. Um, at the moment, we're, we're doing it with two days a week um, and productivity hasn't shifted. Productivity is still uh, at a very high level across our marketing, IT and administration and finance teams. Um, so we're not seeing it have any impact on, on capacity. Um, you know, some offices have adapted really well to it and some haven't. Some have mm. tried and some have had to bring it back in. Um, so I think, once again, it depends on leadership and structures that you put into the business. Yeah. So now I'm going to ask you some questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, and um, I haven't really shared them with you. So let's start with, with the first one. Um, what rituals do you keep to keep yourself fresh and focused as a leader? I like to get away at least once every two months. Uh, have a weekend. Um, away with the family, with no reception, no, not being able to be contacted. Um, I, I just think it's, it's a really good thing to just be able to switch off and turn off. Um, so I've got one of those next next weekend, actually. Beautiful. Uh, so, so really looking forward to that. Um, you know, I, I like to get up early in the morning with our newborn. Um, if there's an early morning bottle to be done, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, I like to go on a walk of the morning. Um, I think it's a great opportunity to clear uh, clear the head. Uh, but one thing I do each and every night is I look at my diary. Um, and I've got a really clear understanding and focus of what I want to achieve for the next day. Um, I, I still use a paper diary. Uh, and that's something Charles and I are very aligned on. Um, <laughs> If, if, and here's uh, your wife, a tech guru, and you're still using a paper diary. I know, diary. I know. I just find it's, um, it's a great tool. I could be on the phone to, to one of my clients now and one of the offices, and uh, we're talking about, you know, I'll, I'll send you through this training, um, you know, webinar, um, and, and we're going to pick up the phone next Friday and talk about it. Um, that goes straight into the diary. Mm. Um, so it's a non-negotiable for me that that phone call happens. Mm. It's one of the things I've learned in franchising uh, and working with many different officers across the spectrum in Australia is uh, they sometimes feel like the level of support isn't there. So it's a key focus of mine in our organisation. If we say we're going to do something, we deliver. You deliver. Uh, and, and for me, that is very much, um, you know, I, I tie that into a handwritten diary. Mm. Um, I'm not a big one for meetings. Um, I think... Uh, a lot of businesses I've worked in over the years, it's death by meetings. I've worked in some businesses where the principals don't get to really start their working week until Tuesday, 3 p.m. Um, you know, their Monday's full of sales meetings, one-on-ones, p.m. meetings, all this sort of stuff. So um, at, at the level that we work in and my state managers, 
Um, I believe you're there for a reason and you've either got the ability to execute your job uh, or you don't. Or you don't. Or you don't. And it's pretty simple in my mind. And, and I shouldn't have to micromanage by having, you know, meeting after meeting after meeting. Yeah. That's, that's my expectation. Who were the most influential leaders in your life? Um, look, I mean, Sarah has to have been, um, you know, one of the most um, positive affecting in my my um, position today. Um, I was very, very good as a, as a salesperson with soft skills, um, being able to speak to people, win business, convert option, uh, yeah, opportunities. Uh, but a lot of what I've learned in terms of leadership and strategy, um, um, you know, I do it just to Sarah. Um, you know, I suppose in recent times, uh, I've learned um, six months, which is almost, a, I think, an MBA with Charles Harvey. Um, the knowledge that that person has in business, not just real estate, but in business, uh, is phenomenal. Um, you know, many people know probably Charles just doesn't have real estate uh, businesses. Uh, there's other operations that he runs and, um, you know, the, the structure and strategy he has around each of those businesses is phenomenal. Um, so that's certainly been a, a wonderful uh, experience for me. Uh, and then you've got some wonderful people in our industry. Um, Chris Hanley. Um, yeah. Oh, he's a wonderful you know, he's, man, he's, isn't he? Yeah. Me, you know, second to none. He is. And, and uh, if our industry had 10 more Chris Han- Hanleys, um, it'd be a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, so that, you know, there's, there's three really key people that I've, I've, I've really learned a lot and taken a lot from and have been key inspirations. Um, you know, my father, obviously, um, who, you know, had a, had a very good business, uh, loved real estate, had a passion for real estate. Uh, and if it wasn't for his support during the earlier days uh, of me entering into the real estate you know, industry, um, you know, probably you know, wouldn't be where we are today and you and I wouldn't be talking. No. Um, okay, so what are you going to do to ensure that you continue to grow as a leader? Uh, look, I mean, we've, uh, as, as I expect my team to have professional development, I have that expectation of myself. Um, so we're currently uh, in the process of enrolling everyone into a, a leadership course uh, that we'll all do together. Um, you know, I'm always on the outlook for, for courses that I believe will, um, you know, sort of enhance my skill set. Um, you know, I, I like reading books. Um, and I think that's a great tool. But um, I get a lot out of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot out of sitting down and meeting people. I've got two days in Brisbane uh, coming up and, and I've just organised four or five meetings that um, they've got no intention of joining Century 21, but they're very successful people in our industry and I've had great relationships with them over the last, you know, probably 10, 10 years. Um, and I think a lot of what we do, I think there's a shame in our industry that we don't collaborate enough. Um you know, I, I was very insular in my world. And I learned this when I, I got out of my bubble of, of selling property in the 4122 postcode and, and started conducting some auctions down in New South Wales. And I was like, oh, wow, they do things slightly differently. Yeah. Um, and we brought some of that back into our business. Uh, and that allowed our business to go from this level up to that level. Um, you know, so collaboration, I think, is a really key thing. So. Mm. Mm. And of course, you know, Century 21 is part of REIP. I'll mention that now. I was going to do that at the end. But, you know, we're all about collaboration within the whole industry. And it's great to have you and the brand um, around the table to be able to do that. 
Yeah, and, and look, um, as as you know, I've sat on some of those meetings over the last six months, and and the calibre and the experience that's within the industry um, that sits. I'm not going to say across a table. Um, we're, we're all sitting at tables, but we're all on a Zoom virtual, meeting these days. virtual tables. Um, they are, and but you, but you look across the calibre of first, yeah, people that are on that. Uh, that that virtual uh, call that we we hold every every six or so weeks. Um, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of great thought um, and and collaboration and sharing um, of of a more sort of high end umbrella. We don't obviously share in, in, internal uh, information, but um, it, it's a wonderful hour and a half that we get to spend with one another. Mm-hmm. And it, it is genuinely about making and moving the industry forward. Uh, for the industry, uh, by the industry as such. So um, now what books are you reading right now? I'm actually revisiting a book at the moment, uh, which is um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Ah, That's a great book. It's a cracker of a book. Yes. Um, And so uh, I'm, I'm doing that with the purpose of um, just, just reattuning myself as, as a leader and, and, you know, to be mindful uh, as we work with our officers um, and, and as I work with the leaders of our businesses. Um, but also, once again, just to check in on, on uh, how we can work at, uh, as a corporate team. Um, and I, um, as I said, I've, I've always enjoyed working in high-performance teams. Uh, and I think this is a, a book that delivers that yeah, in space. Yeah, great. Um, I've read it many times. And if any leaders listening out there, you know, it's it's certainly one that should be on your bedside table. Um, what is the one decision you wish you never made? Um, look, I think as a younger person in our industry, um, I mentioned earlier that I bought the business out of out of a, a, a rush, I guess. Yep. Um, yep. My parents didn't get divorced. Um, I wish, looking back at it now, I, I hadn't um, just thought uh, I'm a salesperson, I can make this work, everything will be fine. Um, I wish I had a built a team around me um, and a team being, you know, a financial, you know, some really good support from a, a, an accountancy firm. Um, I guess understanding the importance of uh, building a property management department. Um, we built a wonderful property management department in the end, mm. uh, but it took, um, I think, probably from, I bought the business about 2006. We didn't get serious about the property management until Sarah joined the business, uh, and that was uh, pretty much uh, about 2011, 2012. Uh, so I could have had six years of pretty good growth in our in our PM department if that had been replicated in the first six years as it was in the, the, la- the latter six years of ownership. Um, uh, things would have been completely different, of course, from a monetary uh, value. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah, I, I think um, any advice to, to people out there looking to, to get into our, our, our industry is in, in an ownership capacity, uh, build a really good team around you with you know, from day one, understand what your exit plan is. I think a lot of people I speak to from a franchising point of view, one of the first questions I ask is, is why are you doing this and when is uh, what's your exit strategy? Yeah, start with uh, the because, end in mind, isn't it? Exactly, the, because yeah. I want to I want to start to get them thinking. I talked about alignment earlier. Yeah. Um, if I know what their end strategy is, I can align our business to their strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So knowing that is is really key. Mm, I like that. What are you most proud of? Uh, I think for me, it's coming through a situation, a process to end up where I am now. 
Um, I think sometimes as a younger salesperson, I questioned uh, my success and was that on the back of the fact that I was the son of a prominent, you know, real estate agent uh, for many years within our industry or within our location. Um, and, you know, was I writing these brilliant numbers just because um, of Dad. my surname, yeah. because of my yeah. father and, yeah. and, and whatnot? Um, but then as I started to explore um, outside of my, my postcode and, and were given some opportunities to, to do some consultancy and to speak on, you know, some stages, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then I suppose to have that final endorsement from someone like Charles Tarvey to say, I'm really happy to have you lead my organisation. Um, I must say that's probably one of my most proudest moments. And it's, yeah. it's a... It's a growth thing for me um, uh, to know that um, my success from early on was more about me than what it was about a surname. Yeah. Um, so va validation in a way, I, yeah. I think. Yeah, wonderful. Well, James, we wish you all the best in your new role. Um, Thank you. Super excited for you and, and look forward to watching your journey and all the successes I know that you will have. Wonderful. Thank you. And look forward to working with you this year as well. I look forward to seeing you at the next board meeting. Yes. <laughs> Take care, James. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Thank you for joining us. Please take a few moments to rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. Until next time, stay safe and stay connected.